This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, it's just the guys. And today they're talking about the importance of sharing your voice and teaching your students to do the same. There's an East Initiative update, information on upcoming appearances, all of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for uh, downloading the show, tuning in, turning it on, all that good stuff. And speaking of turning me on, why don't you get out there on the web? Go to Google, www.edutechguys.com, or just put us in Google, and you're going to find us out there. Uh, Tune us in, turn us on, all that kind of good stuff. Don't forget to check us out also on social media. We're out there on all the tweets and the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebook book posts and all that kind of good stuff. You can always find us and we're pretty much on, I would guess, wouldn't you agree, David, pretty much every platform that exists to listen to podcasting on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, hey, if you're out there, well, first of all, if you're out there listening, then obviously we're on the platform you're listening on. However, <laughs> if, uh, if if you know of a platform that we're not on that you normally listen to us, uh, give us a shout. Let us know because uh, it's very easy for us to uh Put the show out there wherever is easiest to reach you. That's so darn true. Uh, we use a great platform. The platform we're using now is anchor.fm. We'll give them a shout out because uh, uh, it turned out to be a great platform and, and they handle all of that for us, which is super nice. Uh, much different than the old days when we started back in 1876 uh, when you had to actually send it by horse. <laughs> <laughs> horse and Morse code. It was horse, horse and, and Morse. <laughs> and smoke signal. <laughs> <laughs> smoke signals. Smoke cat. Do you know how long it that's it. Do, you know, do you know how long it takes to do the intro in smoke signals? Dude, it's, I'm telling it you. takes forever. You know how long it takes to do it in Morse code? I used to remember the day. 
I climbed the telephone pole and listened to podcasts over Morse code. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, you can tell it. So I think we're starting to calm down since the beginning of school started, you know, for here, us here in Arkansas, it started a, a few weeks back. And then the rest of the country, you know, a lot of other places started right after Labor Day. So I know you're back yeah. in school and you're doing your thing. And, you know, and nothing says like uh, says the beginning of fall and the beginning of school, like a, a, another big announcement from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's the that, that's how you know school is back in session because Apple is making their next big announcement. Yep, here comes the big one for the fall. I think it's coming up September tenth on a Tuesday, I believe is when it is, and they're gonna make their big announcements. And uh, you know, I guess I'm looking forward to it. You know, I wouldn't call myself an, an Apple fanboy. I mean, I've used Apple products for a long, long time, and I always look you know forward to seeing honestly any new tech that comes out. Because it's all pretty exciting, you know. It, new techs just get, get you get your motor running. Well, it's always fun to see whatever new thing is coming out, especially if it's if it's something that like you really really weren't expecting. You're just like, holy cow! I never thought you know X Y Z would be a thing. Or somebody shows you something and you had no idea it was even in somebody else's brain, and all of a sudden it's out there, and you're like, I didn't even know that could be a thing. So. I- you know, you're right. And I think it's really cool when you look at like Mac rumors now or you look at the rumor sites, you know, it, it looks like it. And I'm, I'm going to give David credit for this. He coined this one. Uh, we're looking at the Barney phones because there's a purple one and a green one possibly coming out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the new Barnified phones. It's yeah. a Barnified Apple. Great. I can hear the song now. I text you, you text me. Let's all take a big selfie. Yeah. So. That's right. But, you know, I, it's going to be neat to see what I, I think the real big thing coming out from Apple this time will be the iPad OS because I think they're they're um, going to make some big changes because, you know, it's going to have full browser support. It's going to have multi window support, um, all the cool stuff that you can plug in uh, third party keyboards and things like that to it. I think this is Apple's uh, move to combat the um, the growing popularity of Chromebooks, you know, to say, hey, yeah, we we hear where you're coming from and, and this is what we're going to do to make it you know even better. And um, I understand there's rumors that they're going to keep uh, to the 10.5 or 10.2 inch, you know, a good sized uh, iPad in the uh, 299, you know, $320, $29 range. So that's, that's going to be very lucrative and very, uh, very attractive to a lot of educational entities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and frankly, consumers in general, I mean, you know, right now the, um, was it the nine point, was it 9.7? Yeah. So the 9.7 is at that, you know, 329 price point. Uh, They may be doing away with the 9.7, bumping it up to 10.2 at the same price point. And then of course, you know, the way Apple does things, it's not just you get a bigger screen. It's going to be like, uh, you know, who knows? It's going to have, you know, better processing power and who knows what camera and sound and you know so it's not just hey you get a bigger one it's you get a bigger better one and it's at that same price point that they were already selling the other ones now again this is all kind of rumors stuff till after but still i mean it definitely stands to reason oh yeah yeah because i mean and i I wonder if they'll actually do it right then in september or definitely by october you know sometimes when they release a new hardware especially they release a phone or something like that 
uh, it'll probably be, you know, you can order that in the next two weeks or something like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see it coming down the road. And I think there's a, there's rumor of a 16 inch iPad, uh, 16 inch MacBook pro, which, you know, they're just up, upping their flagship model to, you know, to the next level, which I'm sure will have a, a new processor and, you know, uh, 75 quadrillion more pixels or something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, that seems to be one of their biggest things. We now have, you know, X amount of new pixels. I'm, I'm, I'm over here like, okay. Yeah, right, I can't whatever. wait to see. You know, there's always going to be a video of Johnny Ive and he's going to go, and this year we've taken actual humanoids and incorporated them into the office. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, exactly. You know, it's going to be like, what? Uh, one thing that supposedly is, I mean, it's definitely in the rumor mill, but um, there's definitely a possibility that Apple is going to switch their connector to the <gasps> shocker industry standard USB-C. You, you shut your mouth. <laughs> I know. Sorry. It's just a rumor. I, you mean I will no longer have to pay $79 for a connector that only works on that one device? How dare you? You're uh, to me. Uh, that, that there's got to be some weird something there's got to be some kind of poison in the kool-aid man <laughs> you know what it is that's I, I've, I've heard rumors that the tariffs actually hit the cable industry hard i'm just i don't know yeah, so maybe. yeah exactly yes, you know, right. we can save 18 percent on production costs if we just go to a standardized cable <laughs> it could be something what? Like yeah get out of here that can't be right but no i mean i so you know that's a big thing coming up this next week and you know school's getting going and here pretty soon uh all the uh workshops and pd will really get to churning themselves out most people are still doing you know some basic uh, uh, pub, uh sorry uh, professional development boy i can't get that one out today yeah uh, professional development and, and getting ready for the school year and, and get everything rolling and then uh you know once october 1st hits you know we're kind of like okay we're we're deep into this thing up to our ankles so let's get to working really hard. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what happens uh, ramping up into this semester and into the uh, the conference season, as you would say, is when people start really yeah. you know, throwing out the new products and things are going to you know, ha- happen in education and, and uh, what we're going to see come from Apple and Windows and, and uh, Microsoft and, you know, Chrome. You know, it, I don't know if you noticed, but it, Google made some updates here lately uh, to their back end Google admin and to some of their 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 on their online apps like uh, docs and things like that that have been really nice little small things but things that uh i think the teachers and the users are really pretty impressed with yeah and it's really funny those of us that have been using especially if you're using um you know uh, the suite formerly known as google apps for education um but if, you know g suite <laughs> uh the admin uh, back end, it's really funny. Those have been used for a long time. We got very, you know, it, it was hard to learn what all the different little pictures and icons stood for and, and where to go and what to find. And then we finally get adjusted to that. And then Google turns around and they're like, yeah, we're going to change some of this back to text-based menu-driven stuff instead yeah. of the pictures. And I'm like, dudes, man, now I can't find anything. <laughs> Don't throw me a curve like that. That's not even what you're doing. You're changing stuff, man. Air horn. Don't do that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. You're scary. That's you're right. scary I don't know where my cheese. I was just at the that's bell. Right. Now you're scaring me with an air horn. Don't do that. That's, that's right. Where's my cheese? Wait, now you want me to uh, read? What, that's, <laughs> what do you think this is? Education? Get out of here. That's, that's right. <laughs> you know, that's right. It's going to be a great year and a lot of great stuff coming out. But, you know, there's a lot of great stuff already out there. And, 
One of those things is Concordia University. Uh, you know, I've been in education for over 25 years and I've seen the challenges some students have to face every day, whether it's going to school hungry or not being able to see a doctor when they're sick. Yeah, you know, uh, these challenges and many other challenges facing students make it hard for kids to focus on learning. But thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program. It helps combat student fears, freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. Yeah, you know, that's really, that's exactly right. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, uh, health care, um, even, even clothing to students right there on campus, you know, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Yeah, Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and to see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. So, you know, what to learn about how you can help students conquer the, their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. Hashtag nurture, educate, grow. Hey, you know, you've got just David and I again this week. So we, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff all the time that's not on our podcast. So <laughs> we get together and we have a lot of discussions. And uh, one that always kind of comes up and, and we deal with every day is the importance of sharing your voice and uh, then teaching your students to do the same. And now we talk about it in the context of even teaching our own children to do the same. You know, um, I, I truly respect people that you know, have, have something to say and they say it and they say it whether, and they, and they understand that it could possibly ruffle someone's feathers, but it also could, you know, enlighten someone and, uh, you know, make them even push the boundaries of what they think about certain intellectual topics and things like that. So that was one, it's not a big discussion, but I think that that's what we got into this podcasting to do was to help people understand the importance of sharing your voice. Now, podcasting is just one of many, mediums to do that but uh we think it's one of the most one of the more important ones but i don't even think we have to talk about podcasting at this point we're talking about the importance of sharing your voice so along that line i think sometimes we forget that we're not just magpies reading curriculum um that is what we do we are teaching to the test we are governing the curriculum that our district has chosen or our state has chosen our school system has chosen um, our board to make sure that we're getting that point across. But I think we have to remember that um, for us to grow, um, that curriculum should always be growing and we should always be growing as educators because as we come up with better ideas and different ideas about the content that we are teaching students, um, I think that gives students a real um, insight into the importance of learning. That learning is not just to learn this. That's not what made the this, the human race what we are today or this country. You know, if we want to say that, great. It's if you ever notice, we're always taking something and making it better. And sometimes I feel like in education we get a little stagnant doing that. I feel like we get a little stagnant, you know, sharing our ideas and really pushing the boundaries 
um, of uh, creating uh, new ideas about certain topics that we're that we're teaching students. Yeah, I think it's very easy to, um, especially if, if you have, if, if you've been in education for a long time and really even maybe just saying the longer you're in education, I think it, it, it becomes, or I'll be honest, I mean, this happens, I'm, I'm assuming in many, many professions, but, uh, in education in particular, you, you, in some particular subjects, especially, uh, if the, if the, raw information that you are sharing with your students generally doesn't change. So just to throw this out there, for example, generally speaking, math is math. It doesn't really change. Physics is physics. It doesn't really change. Biology is biology. For the most part, it doesn't really change. Um, and so because of that, it's very, um, I don't want to say easy. That's not the word I want, but I, I don't have another word off the top of my head right now, but it, it is very easy to sort of get into the, hey, I'm going to teach this at this point, this at this point, that at this point, you know, and and basically kind of, frankly, get into a rut in the way that you are communicating that information to the students. And I think that even if you aren't sure how to uh, modify your curriculum, modify your content uh, in order to present it a little differently to the students, if you if, if not you, you, but if <laughs> educators in general, um, if, if, if classroom teachers are open to letting the students express their demonstration of that content knowledge in a variety of ways, then I think that might help the educators themselves you know, open up to saying, oh, I could maybe I could present this a little differently here or a little differently there. I, let me let me kind of give you a, a more specific example. My daughter. Uh, is a senior in high school as we're recording this and uh, she's taking college algebra and uh, you know college algebra hasn't really changed since the days I was taking college algebra and long before that but one of the things that we have been kind of figuring out between us you know studying it looking it over and her instructor is that um, wherever possible the content is made relevant. So, you know, she might be studying uh, various curves as to, you know, what's the maximum return on the number of units being produced at a particular factory, given that that return, you know, equates to this particular formula. Well, in black and white on the paper, it's like, okay, I mean, you know, we can kind of sort of maybe figure that out, but what does that mean in the real world? Well, we start to use real world examples and it's like, well, if say an electronics company that we may have referenced earlier, uh, you know, <laughs> is going to produce, uh, you know, a certain number of units, then at what point do they actually produce so many units that it's actually not cost effective to produce those units. So it's kind of like, oh, wait, so I didn't, you know, we, we think of, especially in production, we think of a lot of things where it's like, well, if I just make 8 million of these, then the price will have to go down. But it turns out that actually at a certain point, there, there comes a point where producing more 
actually starts to raise the cost involved because of all the other factors. And so you have to figure out, hey, if we produce more than, you know, a million of these things, then it actually costs us money to produce, you know, 1.2 million of these things rather than a million over that same given time period. And to be able to take that and relate that to what the students, you know, how the students operate, what the students are thinking of, and having the students then turn around and provide feedback to you as an educator by using their voice in whatever means. Like Jeff said, podcasting is one. It could be through, you know, various uh, presentation type software. It could be through, I don't know, a song. It could be through, you know, a painting, whatever it is, allowing the students to share their content knowledge by using their own voice is, I think, the key to keeping your own curriculum fresh and uh, ever changing instead of becoming stagnant. You know, I have to agree. I think the painting of the confirmation of the Higgs boson particle really moved me. I'm just, <laughs> but but you know, it's still. <laughs> but you know, you, you know, and you make, and you know, I'm I'm going back just a bit. But you made that statement that you know nothing's changed, but it has. I mean, it was 2012, and the confirmation of the Higgs boson particle changed physics for everything that we know about it, honestly. Uh, not the basics, that's true. But, you know, I think we live in a, in a time now where it's, it's, it's highly important that educators show and model um, the growth intellectually in a subject to their students and provide their students with, and, and that's what we talk about all the time. It's exactly what you're talking about. This is real world. Now let's go ahead and get these young students, you know, creating things. I mean, look what we've seen in just the past few decades and we've seen it through the history of mankind, but we see students at early ages creating, you know, uh, x-ray machines in a briefcase. We see, see them creating things, you know, robots, uh, one that we had on not very long ago, um, a, a sippy cup that doesn't tilt over, that doesn't fall over a cup that it cannot be not over for people that need that cup for special needs, you know, and, and that student learned how to market it, produce it, you know, do the whole thing and, and create it, make a 3d model of it. I, I really think that that's a big deal. And the big deal about it is it's all about sharing that and figuring out how you can get that information out to more people. And it goes hand in hand with the idea of growing intellectually. And, and I think that brings a relevance and, and it's impactful to students to show them the importance of learning, you know, in the first place, like, Oh, I don't ever stop learning. You know, I, I think uh, a lot of people can get caught into just doing the job and then doing, you know, life and it, they get into a rut, you know, they, they, they stop reading. Uh, they just entertain themselves. Um, they go on to jobs and, and Hey, I've been guilty of it before too. You know, you get into these, these weird, um, you know, loops, if you want to call them of life. And, and I think that it's becoming our job to make sure that we uh, let students know that you should never be afraid to, to throw out an idea because sometimes it, what it might seem like the craziest, most ridiculous idea is the one uh, that's going to really stick. I mean, who, whoever thought that, you know, you know, what we need to do, we need to land on the moon <laughs> and right, right. But look what that's brought the United States and Russia and all the world. Look what the idea of landing on the moon has brought to us technologically. Um, 
worldwide. You know, when you even get into, I mean, look, this just lately, it was just today. Uh, well, India lost, uh, they lost contact with their, with their lander. You know, they, they launched a, a moon rover to land on the moon unmanned. Uh, but it was, it was making its descent and they lost contact with it. But all of that aside, we are pushing the boundaries of what people think and the math that is created and the technology that is created because of what somebody's crazy idea somewhere. Well, we got to land on the moon for what? To harvest cheese? I mean, is that, what, is that why we're going up there? I mean, right. But, you know, I mean, that's I, I believe that's a, a really big deal. I know we talk about that a lot. And I think the biggest thing is, is to not be afraid. I think we have a lot of educators that are afraid to voice their opinion or to to challenge the norm. And um, I know that exists when we go to workshops. We have a lot of teachers who never make who don't like to get called on, you know, <laughs> they don't like to be the kid that says now sure. come to the board and do this, but that's what we're actually talking about. And you have to call yourself to the board and work the problems out or come up with an idea. You know, it's really interesting that we have so many programs that exist today um, to right off the top of my head, the East program, uh, the Conrad challenge. There are so many programs out there that are bringing the kids to the front and go, great, find me a new way to do this. Okay. Well, that's my challenge. I think maybe that's our challenge. I'm challenging the educators to great, find me a new way to do this. You know, and I know most are going to say, but that's what I do every day. Then great. Share it, share it. If you're, if that's what you're doing every day, then you've got to share it. We have to be overwhelmed with sharing and you might not think it's, it's really that viable or that important, but it will mean something to, if it means something to one more educator out there, then guess what? It's a win. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, at least from my my observation, so uh, this will be uh, anecdotal more than like data to back it up, but just in my observations of different workshops, especially the workshops that we ourselves have conducted, um, we often find folks who are in those workshops um, not necessarily taking anything at least so far as we can tell, you know, they don't take anything back with them. They, they come, they attend. Um, it's hard to tell if they're actually, um, I mean, we hope they're learning something from us, um, but not necessarily applying any of that learning or, or perhaps, um, and looking at, you know, again, whether it's workshops we're doing or, or if it's just workshops that they're doing, I, I mean, I can't speak for Jeff, but I mean, I've attended many trainings where, you know, uh, either almost immediately or partway through, I'm like, I don't understand how this applies to me, uh, you know, at all. You know, what am I supposed to be getting out of this? And I think that's so. One of the things that we run into is as as you know, learners, as lifelong learners, is that we don't necessarily understand why we are learning something. So sometimes we have to put ourselves into the position of the person sitting across the aisle, whether it's an educator attending one of our workshops or whether it's a student in your class, you know, what is it that you really want them to get out of that? And I think part of that, one of the ways that we can kind of help demonstrate the, I don't know, that need for, learning to to demonstrate why we learn in general not even anything specifically but even just in general you know 
why is it that we learn? I think those one of those that that's one of those things where if you and if you share that with your students, right, if you are at a workshop, if you go to a workshop, right, or you, you attend a conference, share that with your students. I mean, there's there's no better way for students to realize the importance of learning and wanting to learn than when they witness firsthand their teachers also growing and sharing their knowledge of the content and then taking that information and making it easily understandable for them. And by the same token, having the students understand it and provide their demonstration of the content knowledge and go, oh, wait, this is what I learned. I get that. Okay, I see why I'm doing this particular task or why you're giving me this particular information in this class or in this workshop or whatever. But again, when the, when a teacher is able to take that information and turn around and say, oh my gosh, I went to, you know, FETC in Miami and I went to this workshop and uh, you are, you kids are not going to believe this, but you know, here's what happened, blah, 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 blah. And let me show you this. And then who knows, you may light a spark in one or heck, I don't know, all of the students who say, wait, so when you're not in class, you're actually going out to learn. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I think that that's, that's the point we're trying to get across is that you've got to model this for your students. And, uh, and it's not just modeling for the students, it's modeling it for your educational peers. I think that's, that's the really big deal. David put it plain and simple. In so many words. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I took a lot of words. That's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, listen, uh, if you have some great ideas on uh, sharing and how you're sharing what you're doing, um, or you have something to tell us that we can add to this and maybe modify that we can learn that we're not absolutely 100% correct, which we know we're not, um, about this topic, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you and what you're doing in your classroom. Hi there, I'm April Jackson, and this is your East Update. This week, we hear from Colonel Anita Deason of Senator John Bozeman's office. Colonel Deason took a moment to detail the inspiration behind the project and the partnership of East with the Library of Congress Veterans History Project. Senator Bozeman shared with me that his father served in World War II and uh, retired from the U.S. Air Force, and he passed away um, in his 60s. And Senator Roseman wishes that he had had more of an opportunity to, to talk to him about his service, and especially his time in World War II. And he doesn't want anyone else to have those regrets that they didn't talk more and share more uh, and preserve the, the stories of, of their loved ones, their veterans. And when he shared that story, it, it pretty much got kicked me because my own father served in World War II and he died a month after my 19th birthday. And so a lot of times um, I feel this, this project was dropped in my lap, so I, it's a way that I can continue to honor my father in his service as well. Uh, there was a gentleman in Russellville who works very hard to support the veterans in that area. And he connected me with uh, the teacher in Dardanelle, in the Dardanelle High School. And I taught the Library of Congress Veterans History Project at their high school last year. And three of their students actually went out and interviewed 
veterans in nursing homes in that area of Arkansas and that teacher shared just how that experience touched those students as well as the veterans and their families. And from that relationship, she connected me with Rinda Hall with East. And I also taught a workshop earlier at the East Conference in Hot Springs this year and then was invited again back at the East Conference here for the facilitators. It has been a tremendous experience. The energy uh, here with all the East facilitators is, uh, you can just feel it as soon as you walk in the door. These teachers, these facilitators, want to do great things for their students. And I think this project is something that would be great for every party concerned. If you're interested in learning more about East and other projects that students are completing to make a difference in their community, visit our website at eastinitiative.org or follow us on social media at The East Initiative. I am April Jackson, and this has been your East Update. Hey, thank you so much to the East Initiative for providing their weekly updates to us here on EduTech. Guys. Oh yeah, it's always great to hear from them and uh, all the cool people they get on to uh, to do stuff for them. You know, to to talk about what's going on with East, and they've got such a, a huge network of students and and East facilitators and uh, supporters and sponsors that it's really great to always have them on the show and hear exactly what East is doing for all of our students out there. And so, hey, yeah, exactly. You know, something really cool that's going to happen is it's uh, like I told, I said earlier, it's starting to get into that time of season. So, guess what? Coming up here pretty soon, you can start to find us out there live. If you want to come and poke sticks at us, we're in the cage. Um, you can actually come and find us. <laughs> so, and uh, just don't don't feed the animals. Uh, but yes, please feed the animals. We love food. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we will work for food. We will podcast that's for right. food. <laughs> you know, the first place we're going to be is at the Arkansas Conference of Technology. Um, that's that's October the 17th in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. And then we're going to be at the Technology and Curriculum Conference of Aldine, TCCA. That is October 26th in Aldine, Texas, just outside of Houston. Hey, and then after that, we're at the Teach Better Conference. That's uh, November 8th through the 9th uh, in Akron, Ohio. And then we're going to move on over to Illinois and head and head to the uh, Illinois Education and Technology Conference, November 13th through the 15th in Springfield, Illinois. And then we'll wrap it all up right in December with the Association of Educational Service Agencies 2019 Conference. That's December the 4th through 7th. And we'll be in Lovely, Phoenix, Arizona. Looking forward to that. Yeah, nothing like being in Phoenix in December. That's going to be way better than some of the other places we've been in December for that <laughs> <Yeah>. conference. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's really interesting about that conference. We've been, we've been, we've been in cold places and warm places and wet places and dry places, and you know, it's, it, it, it is cool that that one moves around the country like it does. Yes, yes, very much. So. But you know, hey, don't forget to always visit us on the web. You can always find us at www.edutechguys.com. You can also find us on your favorite podcasting platform out there from uh iTunes podcasting to anchor.fm to soundtrap to you name it. We're out there and you can take a good listen to us and also catch us on the social uh, tweeters, Facebooks, all that good stuff. We're there. Let us know how you're, how you're doing, what you're doing. And don't forget to tag us in all your important educational ventures. That's right. Yeah. At Edutech Guys. At Edutech Guys. So, yeah. You know, I think I would say that. You know, that's one of those Google things. I told you I was going to stop with the Google stuff. So that was. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to wean myself off of just, you know, look us up on the Google. Yeah. So. Hey, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's been a great show. Um, I've had a great time. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. 
I'm David Henderson. And we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys. EduTechGuys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it all. all but b- don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.